Welcome back to Real Talk with Rajan when nothing's off limits. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with me and I appreciate that. I am your host, Rajan Lewis. Now, here on Real Talk with Rajan, everything's debatable. So on any given week, we could be discussing anything from sports to music to politics. You name it, we'll discuss it. For those who are new to the show, Real Talk Rajan also has a goal of shining a light of the, on the great things that are happening right here in the Low Country. We talk about everything going on across the world, or we'll talk about the negative things that are happening right here in our area. But I'm telling you that right here in our area, we have people that have dedicated their lives to changing this world for the better, for changing the Low Country for the better, for positively impacting the communities that we care about. And today we have somebody who definitely falls in that category, Mr. Aaron Comstock. Thank you so much for joining me, sir. It's an honor. Thank you so much. All right. So for those who do not know who you are please introduce yourself to the audience so my name is Aaron Comstock I come from Ohio and uh, I know there's so many of us here but uh, uh, I actually came here in 1997 to be honest and on spring break and I fell in love with the city and mm. I just said one day I will come here and move and it happened uh, I was on the golf course uh, I, I lived in the Philippines for a year I came back I was on the golf course in Ohio uh, and they said hey uh, do you want to teach here let's do a quick interview can you move here in two weeks I packed it up and came down. So I'm honored to be here in my city that I've always dreamed about living in. Mm. Um, so I came here, started teaching, and it was an amazing experience. Um, but I never thought that my life would go down the path that it's gone down. Um, wasn't really involved in any ton of, ton of activism or anything like that. But then um, not long after I came in 2014 to 15 is when the Emmanuel Amy church shooting happened. Yeah. And that really woke me up to a lot that's going on in our country, but community in terms of negativity. Mm. Uh, and I started doing some research, meeting some people, some activists, and I think that inspired me to get involved in uh, lifting up communities up. And uh, I met two, probably the biggest inspirations I had here in Charleston, Thomas Dixon and uh, Moye. Moye, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, um, gosh. <laughs> But um, they've taught me a lot and sort of been my, my, my mentors. Um, I had so much more to learn from Moye. Um, sadly, I can only take what he's taught me through his, um, his inspiration yeah. activism. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, I just came. I uh, was a teacher, but also wanted to get involved. So I started teaching at Burns Elementary. Okay. And um, in traveling through those communities, I saw how destitute it was. Mm -hmm. And I know that my students were negatively affected by uh, institutional racism and yeah. neglect. And so I started just on my own going to the super stop on rivers and just sort of collecting stuff for the people who I saw were sleeping at the bus stop and mm -hmm. homeless. Um, eventually, I started a group called Charleston Care, which was an, um, an active response team when I saw that not a lot was happening with groups. We were talking a lot, but not doing a lot. Right, right. So uh, that lasted for a while. It was a lot, uh, mainly a lot of also protests and that sort of thing, saying this is going on and this all show up. Um, but eventually, I decided that this guy, it's got to be more. Yeah. Um, we can yeah. do more. So about a year and a half ago, I started uh, Uplift Charleston. And it quickly grew, and we are almost a two thousand, well, almost three thousand members now between wow. Instagram and wow. our Facebook page, our group, and um, it's just been, I've been inspired now by so many volunteers and people out there wanting to go that extra step, and so all of this culminates in just me trying to say I, 
I can do more. We can make change as a group of people, no matter who you are, no matter what race or belief you are, or uh, social element you are. It's mm -hmm. just we all can be together doing the right thing for the communities to say, where are, is it being neglected and where can we pick up the slack? Wow. So that's a lot. So thank you. So so first of all, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for, you know, the... Um, your passion, your passion for it. It definitely shines through when you speak about the, the communities that you're wishing to serve. Um, and we'll talk about that. But I, I sort of want to slow walk my way to, to yeah. that. Um, in Ohio, um, coming from Ohio, what part of Ohio are you from? Uh, central but southeast. Okay, so my guest last week was from Toledo. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, Columbus, a little out little around Columbus area, but I went to school for 10 years in Athens, Ohio, at Ohio University, which is Appalachia. Okay. All right. Good stuff. So you're just on the other side of the mountains. Yep. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Beautiful area. So in Ohio, were there differences in the way the communities were treated that made you feel that difference when you came to the low country? Because I think a lot of times we look at activism from the standpoint of in Charleston we see these things happening and they shouldn't be happening in Charleston but I'm wondering in these other areas do we do we see these same kinds of elements of issues or is it more prevalent in the low country that's a great question um so I guess I can go back to um I want to talk about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow um, grew up in the town that I went to college in in Athens Ohio mm -hmm. and it in that area is one of the poorest uh, uh, parts of the country and so poverty was a huge issue mm -hmm. there of people uh, not having food to eat um, that sort of thing uh, just poverty really 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 bad there so I would say that if there was any sort of issue it was the poverty issue uh -huh. where I grew up it was it, you know nothing no one ever talked about anything it was just you live you're happy you, you hang out your kids whatever Never thought about any of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I um, I think in Athens I sort of sort of got the a more of an idea about it. It was a more diverse place. I didn't. There was no diversity where I grew up. Yeah. So more diversity, um, but also in that sort of atmosphere, you're able to learn about more things that are going around the world. Mm -hmm. You're out of the bubble, and so um, that woke me up a little bit. But I would just say that in terms of communities being treated differently. I would say there's neglect in Ohio in yeah. terms of poverty and um, people not caring uh, and doing anything. And I guess if I was activated back then, which I wasn't really thinking about, I was living in my, my life, I wasn't really mm -hmm. focused on that yeah. where I am now. Um, but um, yeah, I would have I would have liked to have done more. But I think that like Joe Burrow, he uh, when he made that. Heisman speech. It mm -hmm. inspired. They I think they raised almost a half, over a half a million dollars for the local food pantry. Awesome. And so um, I think you know it just takes one person. It takes a movement. Absolutely. And, um, I think that things are happening there. P uh, the, uh, I think the opioid crisis is huge yep. too. Yep. Uh, people are their morgues are full. I mean, it's crazy. It's going on. I've had former students that I taught in Ohio pass away from wow. overdose. Uh -huh. Several, um, and that's difficult. But um, yeah, so I think that those two are the big. Thing, biggest thing there's also i think hidden hate uh-huh there's, yeah. there's a large amount of white supremacist groups in ohio that you yeah. don't hear about they're sort of hidden away and you're you, when you're living you don't hear about them so much but they're there and i think that's a, an issue too that mm. isn't really addressed i love i, lo I love seeing that's the way you just worded that a lot of people again I, I i try with this show to use conversations to build bridges um i, I think that's important is that we we find the way to identify the issues that are impacting our community on a larger scale. 
but not just the symptoms. What is the root of the problem? And I think a lot of the things that you just you just you know stated you know definitely highlight some of the things that we don't consider on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. Um, or this outside of where we're at. Outside like of, all right, that's right what I'm here, saying. We like, got a lot of stuff going on here, but what, what's but going out, on in right, o- right. Ohio, Nevada? Right, because, California. I mean, just the simple fact that so many people are moving from Ohio to, like, just Ohio, just the state of Ohio. We have mm-hmm. so many people from Ohio that have moved to South Carolina. That tells me there's something going on that's bringing people here, and it's like, People always talk about the South Carolina like it's so terrible, but people always move to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So that's always something I'm always sure. interested in finding out. Sure. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, in your work, you know, you, you taught, you say you teach, you taught at Burns Elementary. You still at Burns? No, I've been moved, I've been moved around several times, uh, which at first kind of was kind of hurtful, but at the same time, uh, uh, Priscilla Jeffrey, a board member, mm-hmm. uh, said, "Listen." Um, that's good because you're able to impact more kids on a grand, larger uh-huh. scale. You're not just focused on this certain amount of kids. You're now you're able to inspire or be involved in the lives of hundreds, not yeah. just a couple hundred. So what school are you at now? I'm at three. I'm at Mount Zion Elementary um, for two days. I'm at Montessori Community School for two days. I'm at Midland Park Primary um, and for one day. So that's North Charleston, West Ashley, and John Zion. Wow. Three communities. Well, how, how do they pull that off? Like how, how does that work? Allocations. So... Um, you know, one, one, I used to teach us at one school because I had so many kids and they just needed one teacher. But when you've got 400 kids, you don't need a music every day because you can teach them in one or two uh-huh. months. So it's just, it's, you just split up. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. But like I said, it's for me, like now to meet, like to meet new kids and help, to love them and to teach them and to see them smile every day. It's like, yeah, I miss those other schools, but man, now I get to, now I get to be involved in their lives. Too. That's awesome. Cool. I, I think that's really cool. I mean, as a, as a former teacher myself, you know, um, I'm, I'm almost running up on one year out of the classroom. Um, you definitely value those relationships that you're able to build and you don't see the full impact of what you do until you see those kids years later. Yeah. Um, and for me as an elementary, maybe I never, ever, ever see them again. Yeah. But the, you I probably guess, will. But the, here's the coolest thing about being a music teacher is that not many other teachers get this opportunity. They teach them for one year, they're gone, they never see them again, uh-huh. or they see them by passing. I get to be a part, if I'm there for CD through fifth grade, I get to see them. Yeah, for five years. That is the yeah. most special yeah. thing, yeah. to see them yeah. grow up. Um, when I taught in Ohio, I taught uh, from elementary all the way to high school, mm-hmm. so I saw kids when they were in third or fourth grade to become seniors, and so wow. that's just a powerful thing to see those kids grow and be see who they're going to be. Come. So wow. Very cool. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I definitely uh, feel that sentiment. I mean, I taught fourth and fifth grade, so sure. my students would would out have them for a year, and then either they would go to fifth grade, and I'd have them in fifth grade, or they'd be gone. But you find, like, even especially in the era of social media, like, there are so many parents that reach back out to me of mm-hmm. kids that I've taught. Um, there's so many people, so many kids that I've taught that that I've that their parents find me on social media and they're like, I just want you to know the impact that they have on my child. That's dope. That's cool. Sean Middleton just said, "You never forget a teacher." You're absolutely right. Words to Ms. Myers. We still talk about our fourth grade well, yeah. teacher, Ms. Myers cool. and Ms. Phillips. Um, me and Sean were actually in nice. uh, in Ms. Phillips class together. We have four five C. Uh, shout out to Sean Middleton. Um, so so your work expands. So what made you say, "I'm a teacher. I'm doing all I can in the classroom." I want to get involved outside of the classroom in the issues that impact these young people. And when you made that decision, was it directly related to what you think you could have done for those young people or was it completely like outside of that at all together? I always tell people um, it's, it's sort of a, 
a burden for me. I wouldn't say a curse, but it's, uh, I'm still, I might be in my 40s, but I'm still trying to figure out who I am. Uh -huh. And it's almost a burden to have a heart that I always am struggling to say, you know, there's nothing in the world, there's no issue that I just don't care about. Uh -huh. And so it's hard, it's, uh, they call it bleeding heart maybe, uh -huh. I don't know. But it's just like, um, it's so hard not to want to be involved with those things. I, the, when the AME church shoot, shooting happened, I, I had to be involved. I had to get involved to do that. When I saw the, the communities where my kids were living in and mm -hmm. I saw the poverty and the neglect, I had to get involved. Yeah. Um, when I see uh, hate and racism being promoted in our, in, our, in our communities, I have to be involved to uh -huh. say no to this, no to that, no to that. So it's a burden in a way, but it's also just, a, I guess, when I say I'm trying to find out who I am, that's who I am. I just, I care a lot mm -hmm. about everything, which can be a burden. It can. But, but it's also rewarding, and I'm not going to apologize for who I am, for caring about right. these issues, for having these convictions. But uh, going back to your final thing, just about the students, yeah. So I wanted to be involved in that community because I saw that. I lived in the Philippines in a third world country, and I see places in North Charleston that are, if not worse, if not, you know, pretty bad as, as well. Yeah. That, uh, and then I hear about million dollars swing pools being built in, in, <laughs> in white communities in the sidewalks going in, and then there's nothing happening yeah. on Rivers Avenue yeah. in, this, in these areas. And yeah. so um, I was just compelled to say, we got to do something. Wow. I love that. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm from North Charleston. Okay. Like, you know, I graduated from North Charleston High School. Right. I went to Brentwood Middle. I went to what's now a Meeting Street Academy at Brentwood. Mm -hmm. That used to be Brentwood Middle School. Yeah. I went there. Uh, Goodwin Elementary, I went mm -hmm. there. Uh, Hersey used to be Park Street Elementary. Yeah. That's when me and Sean went to school. Nice. So I, I'm definitely passionate about that area. Um, I, I My question for you, I have a question for you when it, when it comes to advocacy. Do you think that there's a difference between effective advocacy and ineffective advocacy? And if so, what's that line? Ooh. Um, I, I, yes, I think that all advocates are both, can be both, mm -hmm. you know, it's growing, it's a growing pains uh, that um, I've been leaders of groups or whatever that just never worked out. Um, but yeah, there is positive and negative advocacy, and it's a fine line. And I think it's like I said, it's a learning process. Um, and I think that we're all, even the best advocates out there, mm -hmm. are struggling to find the ways to make it the most positive. Mm -hmm. And I just think that um, it's like I said, it's just you learn from what works, what doesn't work. And I just think that if the message is clear and the message is good, that the it'll it'll all turn out the way it should be absolutely so when, when i say now i'll rephrase the question because maybe sure. i didn't ask it very clearly what i'm asking is in the things that you think work well in advocacy what are the consistent themes or the consistent activities that are happening that show you how effective that advocacy is in the ones that are not effective are there elements that you notice that maybe make it less effective than it could be I think that, well, I mean, I look at Pastor Dixon and I see uh -huh. the uh, positive uh, things that he has done. Um, I think that to be a good speaker, to be someone who's willing to put themselves out there, um, to always be consistently, I think that, okay, that's one thing, is mm -hmm. consistency. Um, 
I think that there are a lot of leaders that aren't consistent. You see them once every yes. so often. Uh -huh. So I think that that's huge for advocacy is that you need to be visible and be out there. And that's one reason why I try to have up of Charleston be out there every weekend because mm -hmm. um, you need to be consistent. And that, I think, consistency inspires people. Yeah. Always being out there in the, in the community. Uh, I love what Posture Distance says, boots on the ground. You're, boots you're on the out ground. there. You're, yeah. you're out there doing it. And that's one of the reasons I started Charleston Care before is because I never, we just never saw boots on the ground. Yeah. You saw it every now and then. And we saw, we had meetings and meetings and meetings, but what was, what were we doing on, in the communities? So, um, but like I said, it's okay. So negative. Um, it's hard when you've got, we have over 3,000 people in our groups, but consistently only giving maybe uh four to five showing up on the yeah, weekends yeah so uh it's, it's so we're you're still trying to figure out okay how can we make this better uh -huh. but that does not mean behind the scenes we got people donating yes tons of stuff all the time so you might see four or five but really there's dozens of people out there on a weekly basis who are driving to pick up stuff or uh com making community drives to uh, get clothing that sort of thing so mm -hmm. um I think the biggest thing is just inspiring people to get involved and then being consistent about that. Mm. Mm. So, okay, great. And thank you for answering that. That's exactly what okay. I was looking for. Those, those elements that, that so. of, and especially when you, when you, I mean, if you guys don't know who Pastor Thomas Dixon is, he's been on the show multiple times. He ran for mayor of North Charleston. Amazing guy, does amazing work, um, both locally and nationally. Someone who I consider to be a confidant, a friend, and a mentor of mine. So special shout out to Pastor Thomas Dixon. He definitely is a great example of the work being done the right way consistently. Yes. Um, and as somebody who does a lot of work in the community myself, there's certain things that I try to be very intentional about. Um, and that's, I, I, I'm always trying to pick the brains of the people who also operate in that, in that sure. same sector. So thank you for sharing that. So you've mentioned Uplift Charleston several times, and I want to make sure that people understand what Uplift Charleston is and how it operates. Sure. So um, Uplift Charleston is a grander scale of what I was doing when I first came to Charleston when I was at Burns. And so um, we have stayed in that area there. We go to the Superstop, but we've also expanded to partner with Pollock in the Park. Mm -hmm. And we go to Conway Park, uh, 66 Columbus Street downtown. And so those are our two main places we serve. So what do we do? So um, on a grander scale, what I've done and what we have done as a group is that we ask for donations on a weekly basis of mm -hmm. clothing, uh, of, this would be a long list, but uh, hygiene products, uh, socks, shoes, hats, blankets, pillows, sleeping bags, backpacks are huge mm -hmm. for those on the streets. Um, uh, Parable, uh, perishable foods or non-perishable foods. I, I love being a part of food rescue. I do mm -hmm. that a lot. People mm -hmm. contact me and say, hey, we have this food. What can you do? I'll grab it. I'll take it to Little Charleston and give it to the folks. That's awesome uh, thing that we do. Um, but just anything that someone can use that they don't have to spend their money on or someone who's on the streets to, that needs these things to sort of keep them safe and keep them warm or that sort of thing. So any kind of clothing or bedding or hygiene or even food or if someone has other donations to say what about this or what about a bed we want to be the group that says okay contact us we'll find a place for it mm -hmm. for those who 
do those sort of more grander scales. But we just go to these communities, we'll set up our tables, uh, we'll put out our donations in our bins and people can take whatever we want for free. We give them out the bags they can put all their stuff in. And uh, we love to partner with people so that we're doing the, the, we're giving out the clothes and the hygiene products and then Pollock in the Park is giving out free meals. You said uh, Pollock in the Park? Yep. Okay. They're on Facebook, Pollock in the Park SC. Okay. And then uh, in North Charleston now, we're partnering uh, with um, Food Not Bombs comes to where we're at up there as well and so just having those relationships to make uh, make our um, idea and what we're doing stronger mm. so that's what we do we just want to bless our communities uplift our communities by being there consistently right. showing up having things that they might need to um, but also one of the biggest thing that I care about with the homeless and people that are in need is that a lot of times they feel forgotten through my conversations with them, that they don't feel that people care about them and they're not, they're invisible, they're not seen. So we just, we always tell them that we love them, we see them, we appreciate them, we know what they're, we, we want to help them with what they're going through, uh, be it taking what we have through donations or uh, working through Charleston, the city of Charleston to say, what do you need? Uh, are you a vet? Uh, what services do you need? Mm -hmm. Here are the places you can go. Here's the numbers you can call to get that help. Mm, I love that. That's good stuff. Question. So, first of all, I want to go to this comment. Um, Lucretia Mar uh, Maria Drayton. Shout out to Felder. Sorry, I want to make sure yeah. I get your married last name. Um, I love how he says communities my kids are living in, we all have a responsibility to ignite change. So, thank you. So, big kudos for that. Great. I mean, thank you so much for watching, Lucretia. When when you talk about, um, and there's a lot of organizations that do things like, you know, giving out food and giving out, you know, free things. What do you say to the people who says who say, by giving out free things, you're not actually teaching them to advocate for themselves or to give for themselves? What What is your response to that? Um, well, I, I would go back to my faith as a Christian, mm -hmm. and I would say that if Jesus was here, and or we're here and he and someone asked me that and there was someone next to me who was in need and they were saying don't give this man something he can you're teaching him the wrong thing i think jesus would say then no i, th I that's my faith okay i would say that um that i don't i really don't or people might say don't give them so much thing so many things that um they they don't need them or you don't know what they're going to do with them they might sell them i don't care yeah i mean that's always that's always when it comes to that kind of stuff i i definitely am not of the the mindset that you know um what they do with it matters if i if i see a person who's homeless and i i give them ten dollars i don't care what they do with mm -hmm. the ten dollars i gave it to them i mm -hmm. gave it to them out of the kindness of my heart mm -hmm. and that i did what i thought i was called mm -hmm. to do um so whatever they do with it beyond that is definitely not for me to judge or to care about because sure. I did my part. Sure. Now, again, I, I would just like harken back to that that point that yeah. I made as far as when giving certain when giving things away. I I, I am a big believer in education. You're a teacher, so mm -hmm. you, you believe in education as well. I think that you know with a lot of, and I think this is sort of my critique with a lot of organizations that do this is how much are we actually training the community to not be dependent on us being there? Sure, yeah. Because there okay. may come a day where Aaron Comstock can't be there, and Uplift Charleston isn't able to be there. What's going to happen in these communities to allow them to be able to self to self sufficiently do that? Now, of course, this Saturday we're giving them these supplies, and they have these supplies for this Saturday. But along with that, I also would probably bring in a Lucretia Drayton, you know, who does credit repair. 
um, to, to talk to, you know, to, okay, you know, we're going to get, we're going to have this table. And I guess maybe, I guess the question will be, have you been able to have discussions with organizations like that who could partner with you and provide a service that would teach the community in addition to giving them those things? Great. Um, so this week, uh, this week, so about, I don't know how many months ago, Charles, Senator Charles gave this huge document. And on that document is an Excel document, and there's several tabs, and each tab is all about you know housing, yes. shelters, yes. food distribution, whatever, benefit services, that sort of thing. So I took this week to say, I'm gonna focus on this. I'm gonna clean this thing up. I'm mm -hmm. gonna make it printable. So I made it printable. And I'm right now making um, those packets printed out by each um, service. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to give something physical to those people and I want to start having those conversations more with those people to say, okay, what's your situation? What do you need? Okay, you need help with housing or, okay, so here's this document. Here has, this is 30 places that you can call that has, mm -hmm. what, what, what are you eligible for? If you're not eligible for it, that sort of thing. So I think that um, educating them through, okay, and I made this comment the other day, um, I don't think people... Uh, through veterans, I think veterans, they say, why aren't we helping veterans more? Or are they seeking the help? Well, maybe they don't know about the services. Right, there. absolutely, so absolutely. now I can say, are you a veteran? Okay, good. Well, here is a list of veteran services yes. that you can take advantage of that they didn't know before. So that's one thing I think that we can do is educate them to say, these are all these things that are available in our community that you don't know about. These mm -hmm. are the soup kitchens or these are the free meals you can get. Yeah. Start going out to those places. Um, but I'm also, we have also started, I've always tried to reach out. It's hard because I've, just one person and you have a job yeah, then that's another several job let me pause yeah. real quick right there yeah. and, th and the questions that i'm asking are not at all to tear down or no, even no. but i'm always looking to build i'm always looking to build um as somebody who has a full-time job and then like I, I call it my nine to five and my mm -hmm. five to nine mm -hmm. my five to nine is i, I work in youth development and, and mentoring programs and nonprofit organizations so I'm always interested in the people who are doing and not like, what are they doing to take it to the next level? Mm -hmm. I look at what I'm trying to do to take my, my organization to the next level. So I'm always trying to pick those brains. So it's not, again, I want to make sure that it does not come off as me trying to say, mm -hmm. Hey, you're not doing enough or anything like that. What I'm asking is how do we make sure that what we do is sustainable beyond us? Well, it's true because I mean, what we're doing is just the beginning. I mean, we've only been doing this for a year and a half as, as Uplift Charleston. But yes, I would like to eventually branch out. But number one, it takes more leaders mm -hmm. to be involved. And I'm trying to inspire that. Like the other day, um, I know I had a woman, uh, her name was Honey Jones, I think, said, I want to start to do a mentoring program mm -hmm. for single mothers. Mm -hmm. And so what I did, I just made a post on my our Facebook group and had a number of women who were interested too. Mm -hmm. And so, and then getting them together and say, okay, this is a branch of up of Charleston that we can do that is going to help um, in, uh, single mothers. Mm -hmm. Or I'm in t talks with uh, Bruce, for his last name, uh, but with uh, how can we help with my sister's house and women who are going through um, Kennedy? Butch, Kennedy, yep. Butch Kennedy. How can we... Shout out to Butch, Butch, Butch Kennedy. How can we reach out with them, and how what can what can our three thousand people uh, do to help help you or yeah. my sister's house, um, so or veterans uh, facilities? We are now starting to service a veterans facility in North Charleston as well. So it's slow, mm -hmm. it's, but uh, for me, in terms of my leadership, I want to just be a person who sort of facilitates. Yeah, I want to say, okay, I'll put a post out there saying, oh. Uh, who would like to start or help out with veterans uh, uh, issues? Uh -huh. Get a list of people together, get mm -hmm. them together, and then say, go. Who's the leader? Who would like to lead this sort of 
thing go? Who would like to help with domestic violence issues, uh, gun issues? Mm-hmm. Just sort of get these facets out there of the group. Now, it takes organization, it takes leaders, it takes a while. I have a vision for what I like to do, um, but it's it's I think it's going to happen. But I think that's a really good thing to do is to start branching out getting connections with other groups that are doing other yes, things as well. Yes. I love to partner with people. I've got so many uh, possibility for um, partnerships. So uh, it's exciting to see what's going to happen in the future. But like, be working uh, 80 hours a week in two jobs, a night, day job, a night job, plus this, plus yes, other things. Yes. It's difficult, but um, I'm not looking, I'm not trying to do, get it all done in a month. I'm trying yeah. to sustain it and see where it goes. That's absolutely. And, that, and that's, you know, the, the one thing I always worry about, you know, I'm always worried about myself, you know, is is the work being sustained. Like, I, I love what I do. And I can tell, you know, we've been friends on Facebook for a while now. Mm-hmm. And I can tell the one thing that shines through anytime you speak about the things, that the, the causes that you are looking to impact is that you're passionate about them. Um, and that you want to see it work. Um, it's hard to do that on your own. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do that, you know, when you have 3,000 people that are, are attached to um, an organization, but only five people that are active in the organization. So th- that's 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 something I feel. That's something I understand. So I just wanted to express that I understand that. Um, I, I definitely would, um, as, as, you're, as you're looking to... In, 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 to Improve on the model. I always, I always use the term the yeah. model. Um, is 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 yeah. Use those collaborators, man. Like every 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 issue that's out there isn't your issue to tackle. Yeah, find people hard. who find people who are operating in those realms. If somebody reach out to me and says, "Hey, um, sorry, I can't answer the door right now." Um, if somebody says, "Hey, um, I want to." I want to get into a certain thing. Maybe, hey, okay, I know this group that does that. I know sure. this group that does that. Yeah. As opposed to feeling like you have to take it on yourself. Yeah. Because that, that, that sort of makes your life harder. That yeah, makes your and, life harder. And it makes, causes burnout. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And that sort of thing. But yeah, uh, I'm just so proud of all the people and volunteers in our group that are out there trying to make a difference. And the problem is, is that, okay, so I used to live in the Philippines. It was such a simple life. It was so amazing. But you come here and in America, it's a work, work, work. It's always working. So people are always so busy mm-hmm. and you, I mean, you, it's hard to find the time to do these things. But um, I appreciate and love just all the activists that are out there yes, in Charleston. Yes, Taking even just a minute or two minutes or five minutes just doing what they can because it is hard with the amount of work that we have to do to, to get by today in this country to find the extra time and that they're doing it and being passionate about it and making it happen and making a real change. That's pretty inspiring. Absolutely. And Anjane, AJ Davis, shout out to AJ, oh, hey, um, says um, Aaron is one of the most authentic and genuine advocates I know. Wow. So that's that's high praise. If you know AJ, like AJ, AJ's yeah. been on the show a couple times. He's amazing. Um, amazing individual. One of the smartest people mm-hmm. I know. Like most well-read, like, like he is to me the black scholar of Charleston. Mm-hmm. I, I, he, to me he just is. And I wouldn't even say black scholar. He's the scholar He's of Charleston. Awesome. Boom. Um, yeah man I love what you do. Um, question. And, and I'm going to start wrapping up, but I want to ask you a few questions just to sort of d- dive. What is the most misunderstood thing about Aaron Comstock? Hmm. That's a tough one. Well, um, people mistake my passion sometimes. Uh, they think that I'm a negative person, and I probably can be, and something I have to work on. Um, but... Everything that I do and I say comes from a place of conviction and passion for wanting 
this country and our city and our world to be a better place. Mm. I, you know, I lived in the Philippines where I saw extreme poverty with kids living, multiple kids living in a box yeah. sort of thing yeah. uh, to coming here. So I've experienced a lot of different things in my life and all those experiences have shaped who I am, what I care about. And uh, so if I'm misunderstood, I guess it's people think that maybe I'm too passionate or I take mm. that passion in the wrong way. But I can't apologize for who I am and what I'm passionate about. I can always try to I just try to learn, listen, learn, and be a better person. Awesome. What do you love the most about what you do? I okay. So I said this the other day. Um, I made a post about it. Um, like I'm still struggling in my life to figure out who I am, where's my place in the world, how to be happy. But the happiest I usually am is either with my kids when I see in the classroom, just making a kid smile and laugh is like the 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 best thing and to love music is like the best feeling in the world but also there's nowhere else i'd rather be on is on sundays when we're doing our blessings and i'm meeting the people i'm shaking their hands they know me i know them by name we're hugging it out and they're saying i appreciate you or they're saying i love seeing you and i we're looking at them and we're seeing them and meeting them where they're at and uh just to, 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 to be there with them i would rather i would sit there for hours and just talk with them and meet with them and that is, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. If everything goes perfectly for Aaron Comstock in five years, what's happening? I uh, I would love to see Uplift Charleston become a, a, a real partner in our community to work with not only local activists, but local government to make change. I think that change needs to happen. I think that we have local government officials that do nothing and that if we can get either voting to happen to remove those people to replace them with people who are really going to make things and change happen for the neglected communities in our uh, city like North Charleston mm -hmm. and that sort of thing uh, I think that's really big um, for for me I just want to be find who I am keep bettering myself be the best man, the best, best Christian, the best abbot that I can be, someone who is positive and who will hopefully, you know, inspire children who I teach and the people that I work with, the amazing volunteers that we have, that to say that we can change this community for better. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are, that we can work together because we have this common goal to say that, uh, oh, Charleston Strong, mm. that we're not going to say Charleston Strong and then forget about it and then go back to our daily lives. We're yeah. going to be Charleston Strong consistently every week, every day. Mm. And um, I would love to, I would love for that phrase to be tr ring true. Absolutely. Because I thought that after the AME shooting, we all held hands over the bridge. Mm. And then a week later, it was back to the, was back to the status quo. Right. So if we can sh prove Charleston Strong is who we are by making positive change through Charleston or whatever, uh, whoever you are out in the community, I think we could unite as a groups, as advocates to say we can make this place a better place for everybody, mm. um, especially those who are oppressed, marginalized uh, through systems of government and that sort of thing. So, okay. That's the, that's One the last question. If it were to all end today or tomorrow and, you know, you, you know, you passed away or whatever, right? It's a weird question. Mm. What would you want people to say your impact was in your time here? I actually think about that a lot. Um, I, I, I don't want to be, like, I guess, celebrated. 
I just want people to say that, because um, I always think about, you know, what, I guess I'm concerned too much sometimes about what people think of me, mm. but I do want people to think that I was a person who really had his faith shown to say that he really, uh, I'll bring a, a passage of Matthew 5, 16, I think, is that uh, let the world see your works and that let God be glorified mm-hmm. through those works. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's what I've started up with Charleston for, to say, um, okay, so here's a guy, he lived on earth, he, he had his issues, he wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. um, but he was passionate, he was convicted about what he thought mm-hmm. and he knew as to be injustices in the world that, that, that needed to be changed, and that through his works, what he was trying to do, not only did it make a difference, uh, but it also glorified God at the same time. Wow. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for joining me today, man. This is an honor, man. This, Thank you. This is, this is dope. I, this is a great discussion. I hope you guys got to feel the heart of the man, um, even beyond the works, because the works are amazing, but his heart his heart definitely shines through. Um, is there anything that you want to say to the people as we as we exit? Yeah. So um, Up of Charleston is amazing, and I hope you can go to our uh, Facebook group. Uh, just look up up of Charleston. We also are on Instagram at Charleston Uplift, and uh, get involved. Just join our group there. Um, see what we're all about. I like to be transparent, so we always show everybody what we're doing, so that you can be involved in that. But uh, check that out. Where we do our blessings on Sundays at one o'clock uh, at several locations, and we will update that on our uh, groups and Instagram. So I just hope that no matter where you're at out there, that you will find those uh, niches in your community. Where can you be more active? What are your passions? And just get involved. And if you want to be involved with what we're doing, we would love to have uh, your help. And I'm just so proud of all the volunteers we have. Uh, we're, we are a big but small group. But the, the group of people that do donate all the time at all of our local places like Holy City Brewery, uh, Frothy Beer Brewery, uh, Elk Road Brewery, Waters Edge Dentistry, Family uh, Laundry Matters downtown, uh, all the places that are our partners and accepted donations. And so uh, to get involved with that and just, uh, we, I'm so proud of all of those people who sacrifice their time and their energy to make our communities a better place. And like I said, we might be a, a big group that's still growing, um, but we have such an amazing group of volunteers that are behind the scenes and on the boots on the ground all the time. And I just want to say thank you to uh, my mentors, uh, uh, Pastor Dixon, uh, but also I want to give a shout out to uh, Mohideen to Baja. So, um, he he taught me more than he will ever would have ever known, um, but I, he inspires me all the time to um, to be a better person and a better advocate. And he has so many videos out there to listen to. I urge you guys to check him out and listen because he was a su- su- superb, educated uh, young man who was, was making our community and country a better place. Absolutely. Thank you again for joining me. Thank you guys. You are the man. I appreciate it. And thank you guys for watching this week. Um, reminder that the show is now. Weekly, once a week, um, on Wednesday nights, I do my local celebrity spotlight. Um, I am suspending the um, Real Talk Rajan live while I'm going through grad school because it's taking a lot of my time. And I want to make sure that I'm giving you guys the best product that I possibly can. But next week, local celebrity spotlight is supposed to shine on, on Miss Dana Bloom, who's a, a, a black female forester. 
Mm, you didn't see that coming, did you? Uh, she's actually an author as well. She has a new book that's coming out. We're going to be talking about that. Um, so make sure you tune in on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. If you are doing anything in the community that you would like a light shined on, please reach out to me on my website. That's www.realtalkwithrejean.com so we can discuss getting you on the show. This and all of my shows are now are now available for your listening pleasure via Apple, Google, Spotify, and any place you can find podcasts. You can also find it on my website, www.realtalkwithrejean.com. If you'd like to be made aware of when I go live, because sometimes it is unscheduled, please be sure to click the follow tab or subscribe tab and turn on the notifications so that you will know when something new is posted to the page. In the meantime, please follow me on social media to stay up to date on what's happening with Real Talk with Rajan. All you have to do, pick your favorite um, social media site, type in Real Talk with Rajan, and I will pop up. Feel free to leave comments, questions, or whatever else you'd like to say in the comment section or the message message section. I love reading your messages and getting the feedback, even if it's negative. If you watch or you listen and you like it, you say, hey, Rajan, I like it and here's why. If you watch, you listen and you hate it, say, hey, Rajan, I listened, I hated it and here's why. Why is that important? It's because I do not seek to be told how great I am. I seek to be the greatest that I can possibly be. That only happens through honest, honest feedback. Um, I am also currently accepting um, speaking engagements and event hosting opportunities. If you would like for me to speak at or host your event, you can request me through my through my website. You guessed it, www.realtalkwithrejan.com. Always remember, God is everything and without him we are nothing, so never forget where your help comes from. And if a man fails to stand for something, then he's bound to fall for anything. Now that is real talk. I'll see you next week. Peace.